Everybody knows of Bob Wiley. I don't know. Told you yeah. I did. Yeah. You? Well, we all do. <laughs> <laughs> well, before that, before our Bob, current Bob Wiley, do you know another Bob Wiley? No. He was, yeah. Uh, oh. No, I didn't. <laughs> How about a Leo Marvin? I'm afraid. Don't that, look at me. <laughs> I'm afraid that's me. Yeah. That's like yeah, yeah. watching that movie. Hmm. Well, some of the ways in which Leo interacted with his kids, I was like, "Oh, dang it!" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you got a, a bunch of puppets? No, the, the Barnes family puppets. <laughs> well, you know, I think we probably all talked about this at church before, but you're far more patient with children that aren't yours. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was just had lunch with John today, uh-huh. and we decided the next time we take our families out to like go together to do something new. Where the dads have to teach him, we're just gonna switch kids. <laughs> you know, like if we're gonna go skiing, I'm gonna take his kids. Yes. He's gonna take my kids. Yes. Or you know, we're gonna go chop down lodgepole. We're gonna take the boys. It's like he's gonna take my son. I'm gonna take his son. Yes. We're just gonna switch because you're far more patient usually yeah. with other people's kids than your own. I agree with that statement. But so when Leo was talking to Siggy and Anna, I was like, oh, there's a little glimmer of me. Yeah. In Leo. So. Yeah. Is that how I sound? Is that how I sound, yeah. Yeah. Mm, that hurts. It does hurt. Well, now that everybody knows it hurts, we should probably... <laughs> Welcome to the Stories for Glory podcast, where you are interjecting upon our private conversations. <laughs> yeah, butt out. Yeah, butt out. Uh, which is a fitting for this movie, because he always butts in. We're discussing the movie, What About Bob?, which came out in 1991. Oh, wow. And let's just say, they don't make them like they used to. <laughs> they don't. Uh, I don't remember who directed it. You guys remember offhand? It was a female, I think. Which... <sighs> what is a woman? Anyway. <laughs> right. Anyway. I'll, 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 I'll you look it up. <laughs> Greg, why don't you... It was your recommendation. Your... Listening. Just a minute. <laughs> just a minute. <laughs> Listening back to our podcast. Oh. There's so many times that... In... That Caleb said, I'm going to look it up. Oh. <laughs> and then he doesn't. And then we never get any results. Okay, so we're so, going to wait uh, this one what out. What about Bob, director? <laughs> Sorry, okay. I bet I can find it before him. Yeah, you probably can because I'm on cricket. <laughs> oh, no, Frank Oz. Frank Oz. Okay, oh, so right, yeah. This sounds like a woman. <laughs> Maybe for it. Francine. Maybe she was the Francine. producer. I did notice that Hook, remember the movie Hook with Robin yeah. Williams, came yeah. out same year, and Siggy... Is Jack? Oh, uh huh. Um. When I was watching What About Bob, I was like, that kid is familiar, uh-huh. and he's in Hook. Huh. So, 1991, Frank Oz directed it. Greg, it's now in your official top five because you forgot about it when we did our introduction episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell us what it's about. Other than It's a Wonderful Life, I think I've watched this movie almost as many times. I don't watch it every year, but but you um, could. Yeah, I've watched it quite often, and I laugh every time. <clears throat> this movie's about, uh, I don't even know what phobias he has, but he's a, he's oh, a crippled. I, I wrote them all down. <laughs> oh. He's crippled by all of his phobias and fears. And uh, he he uses up psychiatrists, um, and they try to desert him. <laughs> he looks like six of them, doesn't he? <laughs> you want more hot water? But... Uh, <laughs> 
he so he, his old psychiatrist refers him to a new this new Doctor Marvin, and, and that one was really haggard. Yeah, <laughs> he was tired looking. Yeah, and then uh, Doctor Marvin is a very pompous, self-centered, arrogant man who thinks he's got it all figured out, and he and Bob meet, and Bob has attachment problems so <laughs> Dr. Marvin goes on vacation with his family to an undisclosed location and the story goes from there Bob tracks him down and spends lots of quality time with Dr. <laughs> Dr. Leo Marvin and Leo, Dr. Marvin <laughs> it's refreshing no, you can call 90. me Leo in my office but in my home <laughs> right. you call me Dr. Marvin in 91 you make fun of the elites you know because mm-hmm. Doctor Leo Marvin is a elitist. Yeah, yeah. He's just his books just come out. He's yeah. Nowadays, you honor the, elite, the elites. Yeah, they're the only ones that yeah. know anything. In his office, he stands next right. to a bust of Sigmund Freud, who looks right. just like him. <laughs> right. Like Aaron and I were like, is that a bust of himself or is that Freud? Or <laughs> right next to a bookshelf full of his books. Yeah. And he, you know what you really need? And right. He hands him his book, and he's like, charge him the usual hourly rate. And he was there for like ten minutes. And twenty nine ninety five for my book. <laughs> yeah. The elites. The elite had a book called Baby Steps. Baby Steps. <laughs> great. That's great. That's true. That's a good point. Where the elite. So we're, are, we're going into the glory. Over the coals. <clears throat> yeah. Mocking the elites is part of the glory. Yeah. Nowadays it is. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's. I think. I had to remind myself. <laughs> That I was watching this movie and tried, was supposed to be trying to spot the glory and you know <laughs> <laughs> the story. Yes. I just found myself laughing a lot. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was probably 15, 20 minutes in when I realized I should have been taking notes. Right. Because I was just enjoying it. Yep. Which is, I think we've all talked about that. That sometimes just having the dessert. Yeah. Is nice. It's yeah, nice just true. to be able to sit there and laugh and then I realized I couldn't take notes because there was water in my eyes from, <laughs> from laughing so much right <laughs> just a disclaimer there's going to be some real shallow people that don't appreciate the humor in this movie oh. but just like Nacho the opposite yeah. gender oh. yeah I wrote down this is the grown up Nacho Libre Mm-mm. right but my kids wouldn't <sighs> find it nearly as funny right as we do as adults yeah but we find Nacho Libre just as funny as the kids do. Right. So this is the grown-up. Not that it's the humor in it is dirty. I mean, the, the couple scenes with Tourette's, it's just foul language. But mm-hmm. there's not a lot of sexual innuendo. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of potty jokes. Nope. Right. No. Right. More of a just guy. situational, contextual humor. Mm-hmm. Slapstick. Yep. What you said earlier... Sort of the humor of body language and facial expressions, and yeah, Bill oh, Murray just, is just right on point. Just watching him act in this movie is just yeah, his facial expressions, the way he dresses, the his way hair. he acts. <laughs> his hair is incredible. It's like the the most glorious receding hairline, and it's just like just crazy. All it's the like time. a horseshoe. <laughs> it really is. I mean, yeah, I, 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 we can't express if you haven't seen it, right? You can't really express the humor. Yeah. Why you think it's so funny? Yeah. Like the scene when he's going through all of these 
conditions that he has, Dr. Leo Marvin's like, but you really don't have them all, do you? And he said, well, if I fake it, then I know I don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> and like, we're all, you almost spit out your tea, right? Because you remember the scene, but our listeners are going to be like, why is that, why is that funny? Right, funny? You have to go see it. Yeah. Because yeah. it, it, it yeah. involves uh, the physical comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're just trying to describe the Grand Canyon here. And <laughs> the we're not going to be able to do it. The Grand Canyon of comedy. There's two types of people in this world. Those who hate, those <laughs> who <Diamond>. love doing, <laughs> those who love Neil Diamond, and those who don't. So you're saying you divorced your wife because she likes Neil Diamond, or did she divorce you because you're the kind of guy who would divorce her for <laughs> Neil Diamond? Well, that's a good point. <laughs> yes. We should quit quoting it and right. probably keep talking about right. the glory here. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the acting is great. I think. Um, there is there is a part you, we don't you don't meet hypochondriacs or whatever he is I don't know if that's, is that obsessive the right compulsive if, yeah he's just all these Everything. things hypochondriac yeah it's, he's always it's, afraid of sickness it's what any non-believer should be right in this fearful oh, of yeah. everything they should be afraid of everything yeah and Bill Murray just does a great job as Bob of exemplifying that and not everybody is mm-hmm. but. <clears throat> The world to me would be a very frightening place if I didn't have faith. Yeah. Yeah. If I didn't believe, you know, I think, and so that more people aren't, and may, maybe people do, but they just hide it. I don't know. Where Bob mm-hmm. Wiley just lets it all loose. Most people, I think, cope with the fear uh, by being active, and by being active could, of course, be drinking or drugs or mm-hmm. jobs. Mm-hmm. Right, they cover over that fear with being busy, yeah, blocking it out. I remember reading in the Institutes, I think it was the Institutes, Calvin, and he said that if God wasn't sovereign, he'd be afraid to walk out of his door. <laughs> he'd, because uh, back then, shingles were made out of what we would consider like ceramic tile, pretty mm-hmm. much. Oh, these big heavy slabs, like slate or something. Yeah, and he says if I or walk out my house, walk out the door. How do I know a tile wouldn't slide down on my head? Mm-hmm. Or how do I know there wouldn't be a snake in the bush? Or, you know, just he lists off a bunch of things that could happen to him just going out the door. Yep. And he said, but if God, is, if God is, since God is sovereign, he's not afraid of those things. And if they come, he knows they come for a good reason. Mm-hmm. And so his fear of those things is just gone. Yeah. yeah. And I have this in my notes. I wanted to save it near the end, but, so I'll save it. But we'll, okay. we'll keep going. No, that's a good comment. You're going to save it? Because I want to pursue that. Yeah, well, then you pursue it. That's a great point. Why do you think, in light of that, why do you think so many people live what appear to be comfortable lives? Do you think most people, by default, I mean, Romans talks about we suppress the knowledge of God. Do you think most people know that there's a God controlling things, but they just hate it? Hmm. Or why or, don't? Or it's been suppressed so far down that it takes life life shape shape like shaking events to to bring it to its surface. I don't. Be interested to know how like Christopher Hitchens died. Do they do yeah. they know how he died on his deathbed? Just that. Just know. outspoke. Is it? It's Christopher Hitchens, right? He no, died with cancer. Yeah. yeah. As far as like, I know, unrepentant, but unrepentant. But like, was it like at least verbally a calm death, or was there like a, a raging death? Everything coming out. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think most, most of the, yeah, I didn't, you guys know I didn't grow up Christian, 
and I would say the majority of my life has been around non-Christians. Hmm. And when I remember being in seminary, the first year of seminary, I lived in a house with three other guys who abandoned the church. And so it wouldn't be like an uncommon scenario when I'm learning Greek, translating First John, and they're in each of those young men were in their rooms with their girlfriends, as you can imagine. And it was very strange. But then, and they would live their lives like that. I remember when one of them had their birthday, they, you know, would invite me. Just three blocks down the road was a strip club. You know, like, like I said, I'm up there translating John. They're like, come on, we're going to the, we're going to the strip club. But, and that's how they live their lives. Just uh, free from restraint. And then, Whenever they'd get drunk, hmm, you know, and it would come out, hmm. and they would say things like, "You're," and this isn't boast. This isn't boasting, or they say, "I don't hope it's not." But we'll let you know if it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wish I could be like you. Mm-hmm. I hate that I do the things I do. Hmm. You know those kinds of things, and and it was in in that drunkenness. When all those guardrails came out, yeah. that out of the uh, out of the mouth the heart speaks, mm. and then once those guardrails came down, there was like you're talking about in Romans one, they realized everything that they're doing is completely against the grain of the universe. Like this is not how God made the world. You don't treat women that way. You don't treat alcohol that way. You know you don't. This isn't what you do. Mm. And it was in those moments when those inhibitions were all gone, that it really came out. And uh, I remember one of my friends got in a motorcycle accident, and the first thing he did was call me. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Because he knew I wasn't involved in any of those activities at the moment. Mm-hmm. Like, two in the morning, I answer my phone. I'm there. Uh, another one of them died in, a, in an accident. And they called, you know, they, they called me. Why do people do that? If you're a faithful, responsible Christian, living and surrounded by all these relationships where people rebel against God, when there's a crisis, like you said, you know, like, what'd you call it? A world shaking. Yeah. Yeah, your, your friend gets in a motorcycle accident and is dead. <clears throat> who are they going to call? Right. Like, the guy that they know who has the answers to things. Mm-hmm. And so there is that, but it's a lot of suppression. Hmm. So I think Bob just doesn't have the suppression. It just, <laughs> blah. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. For Bob, yeah. it just comes out. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's not drunk. No. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> no. Do you think the Leo Marvin was kind of the stodgy old... Uh, was Dutch, that an Dutch uh or uh? <laughs> Right. Right. Stodgy old... We'll just, rather than narrow in on one group of people, stodgy old <laughs> Christian... Christian who had all, had all the answers mm-hmm. to help somebody like Bob. But when Bob came into his life for help, ugh, go away. Stay away. Yeah. You're you're sullying my life. I don't want to deal with with your problems. An armchair theologian that he, he can fix all your problems but don't yeah. actually get involved in my life. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah, like a Pharisee. Uh-huh. Almost. You're like three guys around a table. 
telling a missionary in Burma what he's doing wrong. Right. Yeah. I know that's you almost feel good. <laughs> taking that. Yeah. I don't feel bad about yeah. that. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, no, he's doing good work. So. Yeah. But right. I, I think I understand what you're saying. It's different. This is what I thought in the movie. Bob means a pastor. Not a psychiatrist. Mm, yeah. Or what, what is he? Psychiatrist? Psychologist? I don't even know the difference. But Psychiatrists, I think, prescribe medicine. So they have that privilege, but a psychologist doesn't? Yeah. Psychi- he must have been a psychologist. Listens yeah. to the problems. Yeah. Yeah, what Bob needed was a pastor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most uh, The kind of guy who says, why don't I take you out for a meal? Yeah. Yeah. You know. Why don't you yeah. come over and hang out? Or why don't we go chop wood together? Or right. Yeah. That kind of thing. And that would be, in our context, our Burmese jungles. Mm. I know we're... Yeah. These are a week apart, but... Right. I don't have much patience for the Bob Wileys of the world. No. They exist. My patience runs pretty thin. It's not, not having the time. And yeah, there's that part. Yeah. Even the Bob Wiley that we've talked about that we all know. My patient says about 45 minutes. Then I'm like, ah, yeah, ah, okay. And then, then, at that point, the love we have for them should come out in a strong way. Mm-hmm. And teach them boundaries. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So that is loving. Yeah. When you are a little bit more blunt. But it is interesting in the movie how Bob is the most lovable right. character. Right. Well, he movie. listens. He's sensitive. Yeah. He has fun. Yeah. That's what Anna says. <laughs> <laughs> He's fun. He's fun, Dad. Yeah. Well, it is. I mean, it's kind of the, you know, the wise of the world are foolish. And it's the meek and the lowly. You know, the the, mm-hmm. the simpletons. Yeah. That inherit the kingdom, and you know, that's. I mean, it's that is so the culture that we, the air we breathe today, just not in, just not just in. Um, the world at large, but even within the evangelical church, it's the elitist mentality. Mm-hmm. Oh, you simple blue collar, you know, mm-hmm. Bible believing right. fundamentalists. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, well, <laughs> yeah. Bob is also a picture of us. Like that's what we do to God. I need, I need, I want, I want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we're mm-hmm. we are God's Bob Wiley, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but God is not our Leo Marvin. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember my. I won't say who it was, but somebody was rejecting my gospel presentation because Christianity is just a crutch. Mm. Have you guys ever heard that? Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Yep." Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I am in agreement with your argument <laughs> because I need God. Yeah. And like we just mentioned earlier, if if God is not involved in all of this, mm-hmm. I'm going to be just like Bob. Yeah. If God is not involved in all of this. I can't drive down the road. Mm. I don't. Any effort I put into any job, I don't know will have success. Yeah. E- even my view of success changes because God is real. Uh-huh. You know, like just everything changes. I could never be a Christian. Christianity is just a crutch for weak people. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Keep yeah. preaching the gospel to me. Right. You know, you atheist. Like, <laughs> keep telling me. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, we're all Bob. In that, in that regard to God. Mm-hmm. I want, I want, I need, I need. But God doesn't say, I'll call you at 4 o'clock. He says, I know. Right, yeah. Actually, I knew before you asked. Mm-hmm. And the Spirit's telling me things that you need that you don't even know you need. And mm-hmm. we go, thank you. You know, like, yeah, yeah that's it. Uh, there you go. Yeah. And yet he's firm. 
God is. Yeah. For, but. He's not a pushover. Yeah. But yeah, he's. Not. Well, God does say, like Bob Newhart, stop it. Right. Yeah. You remember that? Or I'll bury you alive in a box. The other psychiatrist. Psychologist. I like that one. Yeah. And as, well, again, as Christians or Christian parents, you can fall into the Leo Marvin. Oh, yeah. Oh, if I use scripture, kind of like a, a how to book, mm-hmm. if I do this and this and this and this with my kids and I get them to do this and jump through this hoop and say this and you do pull that. You out the and, puppets and then get yep. to talk and. Yeah, then my life will be just fine. You'll be on Good Morning America. Yeah. And not even introduce your family. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that yeah. was really painful. Yeah, oh, it was awkward. Well, when uh, Leo brings Bob to the asylum, and he's like, he's a textbook narcissist. It's like, have you looked in the mirror? You know? Yeah. Right. Which, uh, he needs Bob just as much as Bob needs him. Mm-hmm. And Bob's willing to accept Leo, but Leo's not willing to accept Bob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring it, bring it back to the church. That's probably the irony. The whole movie is thick with irony. irony yeah, but the irony is Bob ends up in the end being the one who helps Leo. Right. <laughs> yeah, I wrote my notes. Bob saved Leo's life. Yeah. In more ways than one. Yeah. Yeah, and we don't know what happened after Leo came out of his catatonic state <laughs> at the end of the <laughs> no. Because now Bob is his brother when he's jumping on the and everyone's cheering. On. Yeah, and then they all they go to right to Bob when he saves <laughs> yeah. Leo just about dies. Oh yeah, that's yeah. when I wrote it down. He's choked on food and Bob saves his life. Yeah, and the, the whole family's He's, jump higher, harder, punch him harder, yeah, knee him harder. <laughs> See, here we are laughing, and then our listeners are like, "Yeah, move on." Well, everybody needs to see this movie. Yeah, they do. And there was a nice Freudian slip. So Freudian slips are when, when you say a word, incorrectly, but it's sexual. Okay. It's yeah. a Freudian slip. And he calls Bob... Boob. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I like how the writers put that in there. Because his favorite guy is Freud. He named his son Sigmund. Yeah. Oh, he's got a bust go. of Freud. Yeah. yeah. And he's the, one, he's the only one in the movie who commits a Freudian slip. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. And he calls Bob Boob. And it's, like, or it's near when he's having his uh, panic attack, his breakdown. Mm. He calls him Boob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. Some of the another thing I is right in the beginning when Bob meets Leo, and you know Leo's got his little tape tape recorder, mm-hmm. and he's going through the issues that Bob has, and he says that he's got an extreme need for family connections. And mm-hmm. that 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 to me was the the thesis of the movie. Yeah. And and I listened to that, and I try to follow it out through the movie. And you know how Bob, he touches everything with a Kleenex because he's mm-hmm. a germaphobe? Mm-hmm. And then Anna is in the Jeep Wagoneer, yeah. and she pulls up next to him. And she says, Bob, would you like a ride? And he says, sure, I'd love a ride. Do a lot of people use this car? <laughs> and she said, no, just us, right? just the family. Uh-huh. And he puts his Kleenex away. Yeah. And he touches him. the door. Right? Yeah. He needs a family. 
And then the slumber party scene with Siggy. He's yeah. got his all his Kleenex out, and he he like throws him over the bed. Yeah, mm-hmm. huh. he gets rid of him. Like he doesn't need him anymore. Yeah, he's got a brother. You know, and so throughout the movie, uh, the thing that cures Bob is a new identity. Mm-hmm. He'd be, I would, yeah, baptism. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he gets pushed in the lake. I mean, he gets pushed in the lake. He's After. part of the family. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if that. I should have paid more attention to the that pivotal moment of when he goes into the water, but. Perhaps well, that is the part. It's. I mean, they all feel bad for him. They welcome him in. Yeah, yeah. they feed him. Yep, they feed after him. he gets wet. Yeah, they re, they give him new clothes. Yeah, they robe yeah. him. Man, see what I'm saying? Yes, story, I, the glory of God and the stories of men. Yeah. yeah. Do you see what you're doing, Frank Oz? <laughs> yeah. He gets wet and gets robed in someone else's clothes. And the Pharisee in the church hates it. <laughs> well, that was That's one of the things true. I wanted to talk about. Uh, it was my, hold on. For the end? One, two, three. My fourth line down on my notes. What does the church do with a guy like Bob? And I, I'm i asking it, so I'm waiting for you guys to answer. Caleb? <laughs> like, you're asking what, what we should do or what we do do? How do we help a guy like Bob? Caleb said do-do. So, you do, you do, <laughs> do do. So you see a guy like Bob in Leo Marvin's office, and you're like, no, like Leo's not gonna help you. Mm-hmm. He's gonna maybe put a bandaid on a bullet hole. That's right. What, that's what Leo's gonna do. How does the church help him? I mean, I've already talked about new family, new identity, but we love it when, uh, as a church, members come in that are like us, the uh-huh. normal people right. that are quote yeah. unquote. But normal. what happens when somebody comes in the church, something like a Bob Wiley, who is odd mm-hmm. <clears throat> and difficult to talk to? Right. Well, I think, I think we've seen it played out well. I can think of one. We were having a conversation this last Sunday, you know, <clears throat> with yeah. someone that's, and you just, you love them. Like you just, you treat them like family. Yeah. You invite them into your life. The life of the church, when you have a, a healthy body life, they they want to come back. They feel like they're part of the, like Bob did. He felt like he was part of the family because yeah. the family wanted him there. The only one that didn't was the Pharisee or the mm-hmm. you know the guy that didn't have time for. It was all about me, my glory. <clears throat> you know, so yeah, that, really, I, yeah, it really was about his glory. Wasn't yeah, it? Mm-hmm. I think there is a. I think that's. I think that's it's it's great when the church operates to get it together in that too. I think it can be overwhelming. If there's just one person that goes to the Bob and tries to fit, like if, mm-hmm. when you were saying Bob needed a pastor, it's like, yes and amen. But he, he also needs a church family, you know, yeah. like, because he's a family because a Bob for a pastor would, would suck you dry of all your energy and your time. Yep. If right. you gave, you yes. know, right. Which Leo says right. is an extreme need for family connection. <laughs> yeah. And then when Bob comes to a family, so Leo knows the antidote to the poison. Mm-hmm. He he's an extreme need for family connection. And then when this guy comes to a family, Leo, the one who gives it, gives that prescription, mm-hmm. is the one who denies it mm. yeah. for him. You can't have this one. Right. Now, you don't belong in this family. And the rest of the family is like, well, why not? Right. Yeah. Give him fried chicken. Give him a bathrobe. Yeah. Give him a bed. Give him give, give, give. Uh-huh. And through their giving, which was interesting uh, in the movie, Bob is so grateful. 
Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Leo isn't. Mm-hmm. And the family attaches themselves, and they want to give more to the guy who's grateful. Mm-hmm. And to the guy who's not grateful, they're avoiding. Uh-huh. They don't want to give anything to him. Anna walks away from him. Siggy doesn't want to dive. You know, Faye, well, she's a pretty good wife, actually. Right. She is. A, yeah. yeah. That's, that's a good point. Yeah. But nobody wants to give to Leo. He's so ungrateful. Mm-hmm. But then you get a guy like Bob with all of his quirks, but he's really thankful for everything. Mm-hmm. And people are like, how can we give you more stuff? <laughs> how can we give you more yeah. of ourselves? Yeah. And the, mm. the power of gratitude Oh yeah. was a big mm. theme, big glory in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The best chicken, the best mashed potatoes, mm. everything. Was <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is delicious. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Pile it high and deep. <laughs> Yeah, so the church with people like this is not to act like Leo, but to act like the family. Mm-hmm. To accept yeah. them. Yep. Welcome them in. And it's through that acceptance and welcoming that identity. So identity, you've probably heard me say over the course of seven years as pastor, identity always comes from outside of yourself. It's always something that's given to you. Hmm. You know, like you're a husband. Because you're married. You're a father because you have kids. You're a Christian because God loved you before you loved him. Like anything that you look at as your identity comes from outside of yourself. And part of the church's responsibility is to maintain the identity of its members. Hmm. Same thing with a family. So if your son or daughter is in a great deal of depression, sadness, or anxiety, like one of the best things you can do for them is to remind them who they are. Hmm. You know, so if my kid gets sad or afraid, you're fearful, afraid of the future or whatever, I'm your dad. You're mine. Hmm. And just those phrases, like imagine your kid wakes up with a nightmare. Don't worry, son. Dad's here. Right. Right? You give them the identity of who they are, and there's comfort in that and gratitude. And that's what Bob gets. He gets a family because there's that part where... Um, Leo goes catatonic, and Bob, and Bob says, well, it's time for me to step up and be the father around here. <laughs> because he yeah. kind of already replaced him. Mm-hmm. Sure. Because the family attached themselves to the ones, to the person who's grateful for them. Mm-hmm. Who gave, yeah. who, not only, they gave Bob identity, but Bob gave them identity. And yeah. that's what people like Bob can do for the church, too. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> that's a good point. And it turns out... Uh, the family was kind of the hero of the movie. Faye and Anna and Siggy. Siggy. They saved. They brought Bob in. Uh, yeah. And saved him and right. saved Leo. Hopefully, in the end, it was kind of left. Well, <laughs> Bob literally becomes family. <laughs> right. Yeah. Gets married. He marries him. Marries him. Yeah. To Leo's uh, sister. Yeah. In the closing no. credits. In the closing credits, I think Leo sued Bob for the... That's what it says, yeah. Well, well, I wanted to talk about that, too. Death therapy. Oh, yeah. That's really... That's so Christian. It is dying thoughts. Huh? Explain that. Don't you know that you who have died to Christ no longer live to sin? Mm Mm-hmm. But have been raised up in new life with him? So how is that tied to strapping bombs on... Oh, no, I was going baptism. Okay. Baptism is your death therapy. You've died to sin. You're no longer a slave to it. 
you're made alive with Christ. Mm-hmm. It's death therapy. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. They weren't, I don't know if, I don't know who the writer was, or I don't know if they were thinking <laughs> about that, but death therapy is like the Christian's M.O. <laughs> right. Jesus says things like, those who lose their lives will gain it. Yeah. That's death therapy. Yep. You know, if, if you don't carry your cross, you're not worthy to be his, his disciple. That's yeah. death therapy. That's a truth. I think Leo was twisted it back around. <laughs> Lee, yes, Leo. Well, that was murder therapy. <laughs> Leo was actively trying to take someone else's life to cure his woes. He was trying to make Bob the scapegoat for his own problems. But I huh. ending a, ending the movie with death and death therapy being the the modus operandi for healing ending in marriage you like come on yeah have you yeah, read ooh. your new testament the movie did end in a marriage i know yeah yeah marriage and death therapy so and mm-hmm. bob was trying to eliminate the shoot that was growing he used stump remover that's right the shoot growing out of the stump of Jesse, he was trying to eliminate that. Oh, I, I thought, like, the bitter root in his heart. Was... Um. <laughs> My symbolism was working, Greg, and you just killed it. You just blew it up. I thought of the stump remover that he draped around Bob's neck. Well, there is that symbolism of the stump remover. Uh, the home gets blown up because of Leo's actions. Yeah, mm. the old system. Yeah. The old the tabernacle was destroyed. Leo's Leo's like Phariseeism would have destroyed his family yeah. if it weren't for Bob. Yeah. So Leo underwent his own death therapy, which destroyed. He became a new man. Yeah. I don't know about that. Well, don't we know, don't know enough of the story. Know. Right. It didn't seem like it if he was trying to sue Bob. Still. <laughs> for the, for <laughs> the right. Sue his brother. His yeah. literal brother. His literal, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but there was the funny part with the old couple. And the house is burnt, blown up and burning down and they're laughing in their boat. Yeah. Like well, I don't know if you should laugh about that necessarily, but it was kind of funny. Yeah, because Leo swooped in and bought up that house, which they had been saving for. Their dream house. Yeah. They'd, Forever. Immigrants, too. Yeah. It was what their dream was. Just... Yeah. Yeah, an old working couple. But Leo was kind of right. Yeah, yeah. It's my right to put in a higher bid if I can, yeah. if I want to. Yeah. Yeah, he can. That's yeah. true. Yeah. It might not be loving your neighbor, but... Yeah. He... And then when he drops his kid in the water, <laughs> <laughs> the lady's out in the boat, and she goes, Hitler! That's <laughs> so, like... I don't understand why he thought of Hitler, but yeah, I think that I think that was my favorite scene of the movie. That was when he's tied, to, tied as a stern. I don't know what's the the front of the boat. I'm the sailing. The I'm sailing. I sail. Look, the sailor. Hey Leo, did you see me on my first try? I was sailing. I was sailing. Have you ever sailed? I did it. My first try. Oh, it's so funny when he's walking out on the dock. Whoa, 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 whoa. Well, you put your toes on the edge. Let's pretend the edge is right here. It's like six feet away. And he's bending over half. And a little kid uh, holding onto his shirt. I gotta go watch it again. Oh, yeah. so good. It was great. We have two copies. One has a scratch in it, and one is my daughter Hannah's. So, so I borrowed Hannah's, because mine didn't skip her. Yeah. I'll have to give it back to you tonight. I remember. 
Well, I, I think there's more to say. I mean, do you got more in your notes? You said you said you're going to say one something for the very end. Well, how does the church oh. deal with a guy like Bob? What, what are we yeah. supposed to do? Yeah, are we to, to kick him out? Okay. Are we to shun him? How do we receive him? And, yeah, speaking for myself, it was very convicting because I saw myself in Doctor Leo Marvin. Yeah, go I'd away. Right. I think let most, me have my life back. Most of the audience, the viewers, would yeah. identify yeah. with Leo. And at, at at the start, Leo might have been okay because he was probably practicing some tough love. Because that is mm. that mm-hmm. is part of the responsibility of the church too. Yeah, if you have a Bob coming in, you're teaching them to grow up. Yeah, disciplines well, and yeah. <clears throat> A lot of those people that come into our life that remind us of Bob, it could have just been their upbringing. They don't understand social cues. They don't understand. They may not even be aware that they're doing something Mm -hmm. socially awkward, socially awkward, and unacceptable. Yeah, you know. So that's that's part of it. So I think where in the coward cowardice of at least for myself, it's just easier for me to to get burn out with it versus speaking the truth in love like versus like hard truths like no we don't do that as christians or that's actually just inappropriate in general yeah i mean yeah and so family boundaries are private property Mm. like like other things sure i mean you can see uh private property in a way being acknowledged in the in the story in the new testament where the Jesus is talking about the man. Even if a man goes to his neighbor in the middle of the night and asks for a loaf of bread, you know he's acknowledging that would be obnoxious. But the neighbor will still get up and give him a loaf of bread, so you'll leave him alone. So you go away. So you'll at least leave. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, teaching boundaries and and proper etiquette mm. would be important. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's where love will speak hard truths versus getting irritated you know that's something Mm. i've been appreciative about you know my friendship with jonah Uh i irritate you yeah no no like that. you just said yeah sometimes you said yeah before no i'm gonna accept (laughs) well i think i remember when we were coming to emmanuel and i was dragging my feet on meeting with the elders at our previous church oh you're like oh don't worry you'll have the rest of your life to 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 grow up and be a man i was like yeah you know Mm -hmm. just saying hard things it's like i probably needed to hear it oh you know, I think that's, I think you're kind of joking, but serious no. at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what the church is for. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I thought when I wrote down the question, was the church do with a guy like Bob? And everything we've already said about all that. And the, I don't know how many times I've been a pastor, 10, 11 years. And uh, people hey, I need to meet with you and talk to you and blah, blah, blah. And we'll go out for coffee and they'll say, hey, there's someone in my life who's, you know, Bob Wiley. And they keep calling or they keep doing this, you know, and and I don't want to be around them anymore. And sometimes it's legitimate, like, yeah, you should probably distance yourself. And other times, you know, it's, I, I usually say, well, you know how iron sharpens iron? And they'll go, well, yeah. <laughs> And when when we think about the proverb, when iron sharpens iron like a man, uh, sharpens a man, we think like, I'm going to sharpen him. Uh-huh. 
We never we never use it in the reverse. They're gonna sharpen me. Because the proverb is iron sharpens iron. And we're like, yeah. It's more like you're the knife, the dull knife, and I'm the whetstone. Right. I'm gonna get you ready. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna sharpen you up. Uh, but the proverb isn't that. Yeah. The proverb is you're a bar of iron just like he's a bar of iron. And you need each other to sharpen each other. Mm. It's like, no, you're just as annoying as that guy. Because in the movie, mm-hmm. Leo's just as annoying as Bob. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. More yeah so. But usually we think, well, no, I'm iron and I'm fine, actually. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go out into the church and in, into, the, into the world and I'm going to help sharpen iron other people. Yeah. But the proverb says iron sharpens iron, which means you're an idiot, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And so... Mm-hmm. Bob needs Leo just as much as Leo needs Bob. And so when we have a Bob coming to the church, God is telling us we need to be sharpened. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're really good at loving that, that kind of person over here, you know, blue collar worker, so-and-so. You're not really good at loving this kind of person. Mm-hmm. Now let me show you how. <clears throat> let me show you how to love a Bob Wiley. Yeah. And that's something I at least mm. thought about. Yeah. Because we often don't think iron sharpens iron means I need to be sharpened. Right. But God's going to use in, use me to sharpen you. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. But in reality, it's both. Both ways, yeah. I yeah. like that. And when you, Bob, Bob Wiley was a very childish character. And you see yeah. in children, they don't hide their sins very well. <laughs> their true. sins are right out there in the open. And unfortunately... As you grow and mature and become an adult, you just become more like Leo Marvin and are good at hiding. hiding You're hiding your sins. All yeah. your sins. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good and point. You can see that in the movie where he's he's just an accomplished veteran Christian mm-hmm. who's become really good at hiding. Or in public view. Yeah. He's an accomplished. Yes. So in, in Good Morning America's eyes, he's top of the class. But according to Siggy, his son, yep. right. he's the worst. Yep. Right. He's got daddy <laughs> yeah. issues. So. And which one's more important? Yep. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you, uh, your relationship with your son yeah. is more important. <laughs> Just in case anybody wasn't clear. Uh, I don't know. Okay. Good Morning America's a close second, I think. Oh, probably The View. <laughs> is Good Morning America still around? I don't know. That's a good point. Oh, I'd know. like to be on The View. I think I'd have a whole lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys got, what else you got to say? Did you prep ahead of time your... No, I was just relying on kind of the charismatic idea of just the point Holy you. Spirit would give me words. It's sharpening point, iron off point of... You close your eyes and point it to a spot on the screen. <laughs> on your Kindle? Yeah. <clears throat> oh, it's, oh, it's, oh, yeah. Oh, That's one of my favorite movies ever. One more thing. When Leo Marvin goes through his mental break and he goes to the sporting goods store... And he sees all the firearms and ammunition. And he says, like, no, too quick. And then he looks at the bows and arrows. And he goes, not painful enough. (laughs) (laughs) How can you seriously say a bow and arrow is not painful enough to kill somebody? I'd rather be shot with a .30-06 than a broadhead. Just putting that out there right now. Yeah. Think about an arrow sticking into your body or a bullet passing through you. Give me the bullet any day. Bullet. The bow and arrow is not painful enough, and he goes through the explosives. Like that's gonna be anyway. I thought that was hell. That's really funny. <laughs> this not came, painful enough. This came out after Rambo, right? 
Yeah. Because oh, the that, first Rambo? Yeah. With the the book or the movie? The movie. The explosive. Uh, yeah, because Rambo arrows. broke into a store and accumulated all of his weapons, too. That's true. I wondered if... Man. I, I, I think Rambo had to have come out in the 80s. 1988. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was Rambo 3. 1986. Oh, oh no. That's... <laughs> that's 2. <laughs> no, that was Rambo the TV series. Do you guys ever huh? see that? No. Me neither. We'll have to review that. <laughs> we probably should. Uh... <laughs> No, we don't. Yeah, Sylvester that. Stallone has been in a ton of movies. Yeah. Goodness yeah, gracious. He was, he was pretty much... Hold on, I'm scrolling down. The man in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, he was. I watched Rambo a lot as a kid. We just yeah. Totally Cliffhanger. <laughs> Cliffhanger. We should review Rocky. Cliffhanger. No, no, no. It's pretty... Pretty bloody. There's that scene where he, like, lifts somebody up on that icicle. Remember that? Oh, no, I know. He, like... Bench presses his body onto an icicle <laughs> and pales him on it. Oh, I don't remember that. Oh. But there's I clearly remember it. In in my cinema experience. Cinema, not cinnamon. Nineteen eighty two. Rambo First Blood. Oh wow. Okay, so that was long before this. I th- I'll just say that was a play on Rambo where he breaks <laughs> in and gets all this stuff. But in cinema, there's certain points in movies that just make such an impression on you and one of them was in cliffhanger where he tries to save that lady with her pulling him across the the cable and she slips out of his hand yeah, that was oh, terrifying that? in the first yeah five minutes of a movie yeah uh, yeah that stuck with me yeah that's yeah. why i don't go ice climbing yeah <laughs> well they weren't even ice climbing they were just up on uh her and uh, oh well they were doing name? like a repelling line thingy they were up on top of one of those tall, tall, whatever. It was just like a... A summit. They were up on a summit going to another yeah. one. Yeah. And who we... was that? The blue guy in Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy. Who was oh, that? Michael Rooker. I don't know. Is it real name? He was in... He was in Yondu. Yondu, yeah. Yeah, Michael Rooker. That was, he was over there with her. He's a good actor. Yeah. And then one of the, uh, this has nothing to do with What About Bob, but one of the other movie moments that just crushed my head was Saving Private Ryan with the guy who carried ammunition on the stairway. Oh, up him. Yeah. Or wrestling in that room with a knife. I'm lost on you, though. Like, so, cliffhanger... Saving Private Ryan. Just talking yeah. about moments the, in film. The moments in film that are so powerful. Powerful. The the slow stab. Oh, yeah. and, so if, yeah. and up uh, and up uh, him is on the stairs and saving Private Ryan yeah. and his friend is being murdered. Yes. Mostly it was the the, the cowardice. Friend, the friend with the knife. That was the It was really hard to watch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the third one is for me is Jimmy Stewart. George and Mary in yeah. the doorway with the phone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was just... Is like, that when you talk oh, about necking? <laughs> no, when they're at the phone. He's going to kiss me passionately, mother. No, that no, that was oh. after that. Oh, when they're married? No. Okay. When he leaves, and then he came back in because he forgot his hat, and Sam on the phone is... Men should wear hats. I want both of you on the line, and they're... Hee-haw. He's smelling her hair, and and the, just the <laughs> the tension there was... Yeah, like that. You're ruining my movie moment. 
when they're your like donkey ears talking face to face. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And they know that they're yeah. The, Sam's going. Sam's out of the picture. Sam, yeah. hee-haw. That was yeah. anyhow. So those three moments of all yeah. the movies you've seen, has cliffhanger yeah. really sticks with you. Yeah, Man, yeah. I need, to, I need to sit down and think about my three moment cliffhanger. Your movie yeah, moments. I don't. I, yeah, I can't remember cliffhanger. Freedom. When oh, William yeah. Wallace yells William freedom. Freedom, yeah. How's that not yeah. stick with you? Man, all right. Yeah. Yeah. As he's getting his gutted. Yeah. He's being oh. disemboweled. Well, they don't show it. No, they don't. Wait, we should probably have an episode about powerful movie moments. Yeah. Well, they're all, those are the three. Well, you've already had yours. Yeah. I gotta think about mine. There's six more we can have. Yeah. Gotta think about mine. But no kidding, those three stick in my memory forever it's amazing how the brain works like that yeah yeah we we're very ask, image based you could we? ask leo marvin how that works you probably know yeah. right he, yeah. he's got he's got his phd so he probably tells us we need a strong family connection yeah yep. so get baptized join a church right all right get a new identity as yeah. strong as his siggy relationship was yeah 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 the guy is that, that is that what we're giving we're telling our audience from what about bob get baptized join the church yeah, that's what it boils down to. That's, I think so. That's a great point. Yep. I think that's what What About Bob is all about. I like it. <laughs> that's I like what, it. So. All right, well, we have to do recommendations. Quick. Recommendations. Uh, ratings and recommendations. I'm on the 1 to 100. What's my scale? No, you're, yeah, you're the letter grade. Letter grade, okay. Greg is the 1 to 5. 1 to 5. And I'm the 1 to 10. 1 to 10, okay. So I'm giving it. Four point nine 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 nine. Wow! Almost perfect. Is it because of the Tourette's that you have to bring it down? <laughs> what are you giving it? What's the What's the special? Yeah, four four point nine zero. I was about ready to say. We interrupted you. Four point nine nine. I was doing good. Interrupting. Four point nine 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 nine. Dog breath. Turkey brains. Out of five. Turkey tits. <laughs> You did it. <laughs> That's funny. Four point nine. That was this movie was my Nacho Libre, I think, because I'm a little more mature than you guys. Uh, granted. <laughs> okay. Any listening to this many episodes can clearly see that. Oh yeah, I hope we so. Just, we just have a broader uh, spectrum, spectrum of comedy. Of humor. <laughs> yeah. You said doo doo earlier. Yeah. <laughs> it's just. It's a clean movie, except mm-hmm. for I mean, except for two, two, three scenes of yeah, uh, and I don't a handful have, of curse words. I don't object to that. That can be explained, but because people was, really do have Tourette's. Yes. Yeah. And if you fake it, then you don't have it. <laughs> My wife has some great. So we used to work in a group home. She has some great stories of oh, some really? of the girls that one of the girls had Tourette's, and whole oh boy. <laughs> really, it's a real deal. Yeah. Yeah. I had a public experience I'll share with you guys after this that was unbelievable. Is it still recording? It's not appropriate for stories for glory. We don't, know, we don't know who might be listening. Yes. We can put it in our bonus right. subscriber content. Patrons, patrons yeah. only. Yeah. I would give it a good solid Come B, on. B+. Plus. Come on. Really? For how much you've laughed tonight? Yeah. Just a B plus. Uh, just a B plus. I mean, that's like. Let 80, me look through my notes. Eighty nine out of a hundred. You gave like Nacho Libre like an A plus. Yeah, well, because <laughs> it's Nacho Libre. No, I, it's great. I want it. 
I've watched. I think it was my one of my dad's favorites when I was a kid. Um, I think we always watched it on television though, because I don't remember all the Tourette stuff until I became an adult. You know, gotta watch it on my own. It was when they recorded it on the VHS with two VCRs. <laughs> when you rented one from Blockbuster and then recorded your own. <laughs> Was I the only family that did, did that? Yeah, that's yeah, pirate team. That. Oh, we weren't Christians. We <laughs> There's no retroactive punishment that, legally, right? That was. Yeah, it's a, it's a good movie. I wouldn't watch it with my kids right now for those couple scenes, and they just wouldn't get it. Yeah, the humor is a bit more mm-hmm. true. I want to say, in my memory, I don't have photographic memory like Jonah does. I do not either. <laughs> Ask my wife. Yeah, but I want to say. Uh, Dr. Nelson Klosterman from Mid America Reform Seminary. Mm-hmm. Either you just took a liked this sharp right turn. <laughs> that's called name dropping. Yeah, you really just took a sharp right turn on this. I want to say he really liked this movie, or this is one of his favorites. But my memory is unclear. So, but you're gonna say it anyway. I'm gonna stick with that. Though. <laughs> Those facts are Those together wait, 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 in my wait. mind. So it's, Caleb can look it up. <laughs> what's his name? How did you say his name? Klosterman. K-L-O-O-S-T-A-R-M-A-N. A good Dutchman. M-A-N. I'd give it 8 out of 10. I think it's a funny comedy. And the, the humor is generally clean, aside from those swear words, which you can certainly explain to your kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can explain it simply like this. No, son, we don't say those words. And, that, and that's about it. Yeah. Um, what if you have Tourette's? Can you say those words? That'd be another issue. None of my children have Tourette's <clears> as far <throat> as I know. But, so I, yeah, I think it's a great yeah. comedy. My wife didn't like it as much as I did, but we've already talked about those people. Yeah. Those people. Yeah. <laughs> Shallow. How are we going to accept those people into the church? That's probably the bigger challenge. <laughs> <laughs> People without a sense of humor. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or a different one. But anyway, anyway, you guys got anything else you want to say? I'm good. What did you find in your research on? I couldn't spell his <laughs> name. Oh, yeah, right. you're supposed to be the research guy, Greg. <laughs> I couldn't spell his name. Because usually all, all you say, up is IMD, oh, and by the way, when they made this movie, you give us some oh, right, good trivia, yeah. some facts and tidbits. You got anything? For, what about Bob? Or? We're, high, oh, on the, we're no. high on the rating list as far as... IMDb has 68,000 reviews. That's not that many. 7 out of 10. That's pretty good. Hmm. Yeah, so we're all high. We're on the high end. So all the husbands gave it high ratings and all the wives gave it low. Right. Like Harry Potter, I guess. And that's what happens when you give women the power to vote. (laughs) (laughs) Different podcast episode. Maybe on Pride and Prejudice we can talk about that one. That's right. All right. Before we go too far afield and get in trouble any more than we already have, Thank you for listening for the Stories for Glory podcast. Good. Proverbs 25.2 It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. Thank you for listening to the Stories for Glory podcast, where the glory of God is revealed in the stories of man. If you're interested in what we are doing, subscribe and share. If you'd like to contribute with your questions or recommendations, you can email us at storiesforglory.com at protonmail.com.